Welcome to another exciting message from Journey Church, meeting weekly in Northwest Calgary. At Journey Church, we're encountering God and embracing people. away with one bad decision, with one bad choice. Now that happens. Some things, choices we make can be thrown away. But it really doesn't usually happen with one bad decision. People usually end up making one bad decision, which leads to another bad habit, which, which leads to something else that's negative in our lives. And it's over a series of steps in our lives, over a period of time. What I've noticed, though, is that we usually summarize a, a series of bad decisions in one statement in our lives. And we hear this all the time. For example, some will maybe summarize a bad decade of bad decisions for someone else. Well, she fell into sin. And she cheated on her husband that ended up in divorce summarized in a statement. One sentence summary, but a number of steps that took place to get into a negative place. Or, you know, he always struggled with his weight, and he died at the young age of 54. Summarized in one sentence, but a period of bad decisions that led to the ultimate demise. And so I've read the scriptures, and I've been looking at the Bible and, and, and reading these summarized sentences as I've been looking with my eyes open on, at this. And I, I found out that there's a summary sentence for a man in the scriptures by the name of Samson. If there ever was a guy that, who had it all and had an opportunity to succeed in life, Samson was your guy. I mean, he had it going on. And yet, one bad decision, one step, one habit, he ended up in a life that completely fell apart. So let's take a quick look at this today in Judges chapter 16, verse 1. This summarized sentence says this, One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Summarized, summary, of his life in one simple statement. It summarizes the, the downward spiral where Samson's life is out of control. Let me give you some background here today on the story of Samson. If you don't know the history or geography of the story, Gaza, which is stated here in this summarized statement, is 25 miles away from his hometown, which is Zora. Gaza is the, the Philistine headquarters. Now, Samson is enemy number one when it comes to the Philistines. They don't like Samson. He's not their guy. 
They want him taken out. He's the biggest enemy of the Philistines. And so in order to go to Gaza, Samson would have had to put his life in a big risk opportunity here. This is probably not a good idea, Samson. Now, did a little bit of calculations on this because I thought this would be kind of interesting. Based on the fact that they didn't uh, have taxis or Uber at this time in history, most likely Samson would have had to somehow get from point A to point B. I think he probably would have walked. Now, if you do some conservative estimates and you look at the amount of steps that he would have had to take, and if you pull out your Fitbit or your, your iPhone watch, it would have taken him somewhere around 62,500 steps to get from point A to point B. Has anyone ever walked 62,500 steps in one single journey? Okay, didn't think so. Maybe you have. I don't know. You're amazing. I, I think you're awesome. So I would submit to you here today that Samson didn't ruin his life all in one shot. He didn't ruin his life in one step, in one action, with one bad habit. In fact, he would have had to take 62,500 steps towards an action that would take his life spiraling out of control. Let me say this to you today. Most of us, don't wreck our lives all at once. It's a series of steps, bad decisions, negative thoughts, negative ideas that take us to a place we never wanted to go. We make one wrong decision. We have a bad step, a bad start in some area of our life, one day at a time. And as we begin this new year today, as we start third week in our series here today, we want to do our best to have a fresh start. Maybe you're here today and you say, oh, yeah, whew, that would be great. I have messed up some things. In my, I, I even tried my best on January 1st, and I've already failed. They say today is like the day where everybody has regrets because it's like three weeks into the new year and already we've messed up with some of our New Year's resolutions. Today, we're going to talk about this fresh start, fresh opportunity. I want to talk to you today about what we do when we fail. You know, my wife sort of plans our sermon series, and, and as we're going into the new year, we, we, we look at where we're headed. And it was interesting that she said, Dave, today you get to talk about failure. I said, why? Is are you trying to tell me something? When the decisions you've made, when the actions and the bad habits have caused you to fail, what do you do? Well, Scripture says this in Proverbs 24, 16. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. But before we talk about the bad habits in your life, let's talk about who you are. Just for a moment here. I mean, who are you? If you look at your life, what you exist for, 
Who are you today, and and who do you want to become? Someone who is healthy, someone who is generous, someone who is is just wonderful in relationships, who's who's giving, who's, who's thoughtful, someone who's clean, someone who's sober, whatever it is that you want to be. Who is it that you want to be today? Week one of the series, we talked about taking an inventory of your life and looking at the things that are in your life. Who are you? We've progressed in each week. And last week we talked about relationships and how important it is to have a community around you and to have good habits, to have people around you that can support you and care for you. Because how many of you know that when, in, when you're in this life, there are challenges, there are trials and tribulations, and you can't do life on your own? It's hard. You need people. That's what we talk about small groups. And, Hello, is that you, Lord? <laughs> and so, we don't want to do life alone. We talk about small groups and being in community because it's so important that we hear from each other and, and keep each other accountable in so many areas of our lives. It's huge, it's big. So what happens when we fail? When our habits just, just get the worst of us? We create bad habits that need to be broken. So let me ask you today, based on who you want to become, what habit do you need to break? Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to break? What one habit is unhealthy? What one habit is unhelpful? What one habit is just perhaps ungodly? It's not what God wants for your life. What's that one thing that is kind of holding you at hostage? I like what James says in the scripture in regards to habits. He said this. He said, get rid of them all. (laughs) Yeah. Just get rid of all your habits. Get rid of every filthy and wicked conduct, he says. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which in your hearts, which is able to save you. Man, that's good advice. We're going to talk about that today. What is the one habit that you need to break? We need to define it before we defeat it. Let me say that again. We need to define it before we defeat it. Are you hearing me this morning? If you're hearing me and you're going, yeah, that's good. Can you say amen today? Okay, that's good. Right on. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. Well, Pastor Dave, I got about 37 things I want to defeat this year, and I've planned them all out, and I'm ready to attack them because the strength of the Lord is my, and I'm going to go for it. No, 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 no. Let's choose one. Let's work on one. Let's see what God will do with that one thing. Because if I say, I've got 27 bad habits I want to break, guess what you'll do? You'll do none of them. You'll break none of them. It's just the way it is. I don't know how many times I've gone down this road. I just can't seem to defeat all those things and all those big giants in my life because I try to hit them all at once. Choose one today. You may have a bad attitude. You may have a complaining heart. Like nothing satisfies you. Nothing 
can really make it better for you. Maybe you have a gossiping tongue. Oh, but pastor, it's not gossip. I'm just telling the truth. Call it what you will. Have you ever tried to break a habit that you thought wasn't really a habit? Maybe, maybe you just love video games. I mean, it's harmless. We just play video games. It's super amazing. The things I can do online, I can see other worlds. Ooh, ever see that VR thing? Man, I can go in another world. I could, I could be big hero dude, and it's incredible. And you never started off that way to think that you can't, uh, this thing can't overtake you, but before you know it, you're going to that video game for everything and then to try to get away from this world that you live in, and you're making one bad decision after another, started off okay, and now here you go, spiraling, spiraling out of control. Maybe it's watching Netflix or Apple TV, or Prime, whatever, or Disney. Like, there's so many things to watch now. And binge watching. And you just, like, for days. Like, I haven't gone to the bathroom in three days because I, I got to watch the end of this series of Friends. <laughs> Friends, you don't understand what Joey and what Felicia, I heard the names of Felicia, I can't remember. It's so long ago. Silly cat, whatever. Maybe it's a substance. Maybe it's something that has just gotten a grip on and a hold on you. You're like, I just can't fight this. Let's talk about, just for a minute, why this is difficult. Why it's difficult to break some bad habits. And hopefully this is going to be of some value to today. Have you ever noticed why a good habit is difficult to, to start? And a bad habit is, is difficult to break. Like, why is a good habit really difficult to start? Why is a bad habit so difficult to break. Let me just break it down for you here today. For a good you know, example, a, a good habit is challenging at first. But then the payoff is, is incredible, right? It's really hard to start something good today, and, but the payoff is somewhere in the future. Ever notice that? Like if I, I, I want to start, you know, a good habit today. Like maybe I want to, you know what, this year I, I'm just going to, I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to go to church every Sunday. Did he say every Sunday? They expect us to be at church every Sunday? Not like once every six weeks? Every single Sunday? Listen, I want to start this good habit, get into, into my word. I want to I hear the voice of the Lord. I want to start praying. I want to get into knowing who Jesus is and follow him. Well, the payoff is somewhere off into the distance. It's not immediate. Right? When you come to church, I want to get involved in church. And so I got to do that awkward, hi, my name is Jerry. What's your name? This is so scary. I just want to go home. And, you know, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to serve at the church. I can't wait. Yeah, they've got, they talked about Connect Track. I'm getting involved. And then you're ready to go, and it's, it's like 8 o'clock, and, oh, it's minus 30 outside. They don't need me. They have other people that can serve. Those children, they'll be okay downstairs in the basement in the corner trying to stay warm without my supervision. It's okay. Or, or let me give you one that, that's tough for me. 
running. You know, I want to start running. I want to get in tip-top condition. Um, and, and it takes time to see any results in running, especially when the donuts are around. And, you know, those donuts take precedence every single time. Yeah, thank you. Be praying for you, brother. You hear my pain. It takes like months later to see any results from my running in the morning minus 30 degrees. It's insane. It's tough. But then you see the difference in the months later. You see the difference of God's word in your life. Some time later, you see the difference of the disciplines you put into practice time after it takes place. It doesn't happen immediately. It's not this overnight sort of microwave kind of do-do-do. Habit number one, 150. Boom. And presto. It takes time. And so we don't see the results of our good habits until some time later. It takes time. It's difficult at first, but the payoff is in the future. But bad habits are the opposite. There's a perceived payoff almost immediately. Isn't this true? Sin can be fun. Did you hear me? Sin can be Did he just say sin can be fun in church? Listen, sin can be, can be fun. And if you haven't experienced that, you're either doing it wrong or you're lying. Sin can be fun. There's a, there's a perceived payoff almost immediately. You do it because you get the payoff right away. But there is pain, I will tell you. Based on my experience of sin... There is pain in the future. It may be good for a season. It may seem like the best decision you're making right now. But the pain, the loss, and the consequences that come in the future are horrendous. Maybe you enjoy smoking cigarettes. You enjoy smoking other things. The government has made legal. And it seems harmless to you right now. And man, this is just great. And the doctor tells you you have lung disease. Maybe you think differently. Perceived benefit right now. But negative consequences in the future. Understanding that will help us to break some of the habits that are negative in our lives. Are, we, are you following with me this morning? So if you want to create a good habit, you've got to make it easy and make it obvious. You want to create something good in your life? Make it very simple, make it very obvious, and go for it. But today, I want to spend some time, how do you break a bad habit? Well, you've got to make it difficult to do. How do you break a bad habit? Make it difficult to do. Because we only have so much willpower. Isn't this true? We only have so much energy in our lives to make decisions. We only have so much that we could work with on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and so, so your power that you have, you, you've got you've to protect it. 
And you know this because you can fight certain things off for a season, but then it becomes difficult to fight off, and you get tired, and you get weary. Joan, I'm going to ask you to come help me out here. Would you, would, you, would you all just put your hands together as Jonah comes and his lovely assistant. Um, they are going to help me out here. Fantastic. Jonah helps us out in the cafe, and I said, can you, can you just help me out here? I need some, I need some temptation. Yeah. So, for example here, let me, by the way, if you can't see this, this is a plate of strudel, of oatmeal, chip cookies, and there's one beautiful one on top. I don't know. It smells fantastic. It smells delicious. It smells mouth-watering. Can you just imagine that, that going down your, and the, 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 the sensations in your mouth? How beautiful that would be going down. And so there they are in the office. And you've made a commitment this year not to eat any strudel. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're good because you got the word of God. You don't need that. Stay away. No problem. And then you get a little closer. It's not a big problem here. It's no temptation that I cannot handle. God has equipped me to, if I could just take a look at that. I don't need that in my life. I'll tell you what, if you just cut that in half, you just... I'll eat half because it's half of the calories. And then I'll wait seven more minutes to eat the other half because you feel like if you divide it by two, it's less. Has anyone struggled and can relate to their pastor? This morning, uh, I have an amen in the house. Anybody want to take these away from me now? Okay, understand. So you can have all this self talk. Thank you, Cassandra. You can have all of this, just eating cookies, all of this self-talk and all of this willpower, and you try your hardest, and, and you work so hard, and it's difficult. I love the way King Solomon talks about this. He phrased it in, in Proverbs 4.14. He says it this way. He says, do not set foot. On the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evildoers. Ooh, strong language. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Hey, if you, if you wondered what to do with that, just, to, just don't go down that path. Don't go anywhere near it. Walk away. Turn from it. You are to make difficult to those things. Make it difficult to do those things. Habits that are going to harm you, make it difficult to be even around them. Research shows us that this, this, there's a habit loop that begins. We have, here we are. And so it starts off with this, this cue or this trigger in our lives. What's the trigger for you when you're going down a bad habit? And then it moves towards taking some action in our lives. You do something about it because there's some perceived reward or there is a reward there. 
And so habits are formed and shaped because something starts. You go, oh, I've got to start that. That triggers things, moving towards action. And then there's this reward at the end of it. That's what I want to do. That's the action I'm going to have to follow by this reward in our lives. And that the reward gives us the buzz. It gives us the dopamine, you know, that, that we feel. And it's the fun, the pleasure that we experience. And then this loop is continued over and over again. How do you break that habit? Well, we try to remove the trigger. We cross that out. And the trigger will, will cause us to not get towards the action. And then we break this cycle. And this is how we break negative habits in our lives. Let's talk just for a moment on some of the habits and some of the triggers that we face. We can be moved into a bad habit by triggers. But studies show us that there are about five major triggers that will generally lead us into the wrong direction. Are you ready for this? I want to take notes, write this down. The first one, first of the major five triggers is, is place. Let's talk about place just for a second. You've got time, you've got mood, you've got the moment, and you've got people. So let me, let me just kind of bring together the place and time together. There's, there's usually a place where you do a certain bad habit, isn't there? You probably won't smoke at gym at the gym or at the church. But maybe at a party where it's considered acceptable, socially acceptable. Also a time you, you probably won't binge watch at a small group setting. There you are and everybody's talking and you're binge watching some Netflix uh, you know, scenario here. You'll probably do it late at night when no one's around and you're going to just watch and watch and watch. And so there, if there's a time and a place, we're going to try to remove that trigger from our lives. Let me give you an example. David in the Old Testament made a horrible mistake. And you can summarize it here. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right? If you know the story, there he was. He wasn't a bad guy. See, I think this is where we go wrong. Oh, I must be such a bad person doing these bad habits. Listen, he wasn't, David was not a bad guy. He genuinely loved God. The scriptures tell us. You're not a bad person if you fail into a rut. But you may be in the wrong place at the wrong time. David the king loved God with all his heart, yet he committed adultery with Bathsheba and ended up having her husband murdered. Why? Wrong place. Wrong time. The beginning of the story of David starts off, if you were to read it, in the springtime when kings go off to war. David stayed back at the palace. David stayed back at the palace. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's a king. He should be off to war, which led David to, to, to see something he should never have seen, which caused him to do something he should never have done, which ultimately cost him something that he should never have had to pay. If there was ever a consistent time, wrong place, wrong time, we're going to try to remove those triggers in our lives. Maybe it's a mood that you're struggling with. 
and you, you see this in your life, in your pattern, you're more vulnerable when you're in a certain mood. Experts will, will ask you to halt, to halt, to stop, to halt. If you see a mood coming, that you're to halt. Vulnerable when you're hungry. You're vulnerable when you're angry. And if you're me and you're my wife, that would tell me, well, you're just angry. Put those two together. Maybe you're vulnerable when you're lonely and you're bored, or you're vulnerable when you're tired. This is, these are difficult places to be in your mood. Get it, be aware of it, understand it, and ask the Lord to help you. Maybe there's moments where you, you get into a fight with your spouse or a friend. You make bad decisions to, to soothe your feelings. Maybe you just... You passed your exam. You're getting ready for your exam, and you pass it. Wow, celebration. Let's have a celebration drink. And you fail your exam. Hey, let's just have a make-you-feel-better drink. Or it's just Tuesday. Hey, let's just drink. You, you may have a drinking problem. Look for those moments that trigger you. And we're going to distance ourselves from the time and the place and the mood and the moment. And finally, and maybe you don't want to hear this today, but finally, people. People can lead us in the wrong direction. Just as the right people can lead us in the right direction. In fact, studies show us that the closer you are to someone, the more likely you are to have the same habit as the people close to you. One study I found really fascinating, it tracked about 12,000 people over a 32-year period, which is three decades, over three decades, 12,000 people in this study. They try to find out all sorts of things, lots of interesting things out of the study, but two of the points that were most fascinating to me said this, that if you have a friend, one friend who is significantly overweight, there is a 57% chance that you will be overweight as well. One friend. On the other side, if you have one friend that loses a significant amount of weight, one of the three closest friends to that group will also lose a significant amount of weight. The people we hang out with will shape us with the habits that we have. It doesn't take a study really to prove this. Solomon said this in Proverbs, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. We become like the people that we run with. We become those that we hang out with. So who are you hanging out with? It's almost impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. Paul understood this, and he said it so well in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So what are we going to do? Remove the triggers. Interrupt the actions. Some of you may have to remove the alarm clock from right beside you in the morning where it's just easy to hit the snooze button. Maybe you need to put it on the other side of the room where you can't get to it and you stop that bad habit. I can't, I can't reach. 
So you're up in the morning. Hey, I get up easily in the morning now. It changes your life story. It changes the actions. It changes who you are. Remove the trigger. Make it difficult to do. If you have a problem on Amazon and, and you like to shop online and click, 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 before you know it, you're spending money that you don't have, hey, maybe you need to bring someone in your life, okay, any expense I make online, would you approve my expenses? Because I'm having an issue with this. Make it difficult to do. Remove the trigger. Make it difficult to do. Let me talk to some of you here today that are maybe... You're just deep into a bad habit. You seem to always be failing. You can't seem to get out of it. It may be an addiction. It may be time to seek professional help. It may be time to do something more than the things you've tried, that things that are just are not working. It may be time for rehab. And some of you here would say, but aren't we just supposed to go to the Lord? Yes, absolutely. Go to the Lord and seek the help that you can get from the professionals that are here to help you. And sometimes that means medication. Sometimes that means you just need some real basic tools to get through the stuckness of your life, the failures of your life. Not to feel down or depressed or just weary, but to sense the presence of God living and breathing and moving through you to become all that you've been called to be. The habits that you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. Fast forward with this habit that maybe you're hanging on to. What is it going to look like five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road? If I could go back, I never expected this out of my life. I never thought I'd lose so much. I never thought I would lose my family, my home. I would hurt so many people and destroy everything. It's time to change. It's time to make some movement forward. It doesn't happen overnight. It's based on one step at a time. But you're here today and you say, but Pastor Dave, I feel so weak. Let me say this to you. Great. You feel weak? Perfect. Because let me just tell you, you, you can't do this in your own strength. You're going to need God's help. You're going to need his, his strength. Because when I'm weak, the, the Bible says that Christ strengthens me. His strength makes me perfect. Scripture says this, that, that you'll never be tempted in any way that's uncommon. Our God is faithful. He will not give you more than you can bear. He always gives you a way out. Think about this, Samson, 62,500 steps in the wrong direction. It was also 62,500 opportunities to stop, to turn, to think that God created me for something more. Yeah, but I was just hitting snooze on the alarm. Zachariah says this, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. 
You know, I don't know how many times I've read this scripture, but I never really saw it this way. Imagine this. It's kind of like the excitement you get when one of your kids scores a goal. Man, that was awesome. You're the best. You're going to make it to the all-star team. You're awesome. When you do something in the right direction, you make a decision that's positive. Your heavenly father is going, yeah, you did it. You got to the gym. You're going faithfully. Hey, you're not pushing, you're not lifting 400 pounds, but you're going to the gym. You're faithfully creating a habit that, that will encourage you, encourage your body, strengthen your body. You're an athlete. Hey, my, my habit was to get into the Word of God this year, and I'm opening it, and I'm reading five minutes a day. Wow, it's transforming my thoughts. And, and it's not an overnight thing, but after week, after week, and hearing the Lord's voice, I, I'm a person who hears the voice of the Lord. I'm purified. I'm made whole. I'm made new in Him. I'm a follower of Jesus. What is that, that new habit that you got to create? What are some of those bad habits that you just need to stop? Remove those triggers. Walk in the fullness that God has for you today. Stop going in that bad direction. Become God says you are. You're an overcomer. I'm no longer allowing my failures to dictate what my future looks like. I'm taking over allowing God to strengthen me in every part of my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says this, do not grow weary in doing good. In the proper time, you'll reap a proper harvest. Do not give up. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you for every individual in this room today. Every mom, every dad, every husband, wife, grandma, grandpa, friend, and every person in this room today. I pray, God, you would help us to commit ourselves to you to lay before you some of the things that have been destructive. God, we choose today one bad habit. We lay it before you. We ask you to help us. We ask you to help us to, to make the proper steps forward, to remove those triggers in our lives that would cause us to make bad decisions. If it's a time, if it's a place, if it's how I'm feeling in the moment and feeling lonely and feeling discouraged, remove those triggers. Be a, and, and set up positive ones. If you're here in this room, say, yeah, would you pray for me today? This, just, I need God to help me to, to remove some bad habits in my life, and we're not here to point you out or single you out or embarrass you anyway, but I just want to pray for you today. If that's you, just lift your hands up all across this room. Thank you, Lord. You see the hands. You see every individual, every heart. You know, God, where we're at and what we need. I pray right now a blessing in the spirit realm. I pray that, God, you would help us to remove those triggers. Remove those moments where we're discouraged, we're feeling lonely, and God replace them with knowing who we are in you, where we want to go in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to us today. For more information about who we are, head over to myjourney.church or look for us on your favorite social media outlet.